The following podcast contains language and themes some people may find offensive. It also contains impressions. Many, many impressions. Enjoy! Welcome to That Was The Week That Was, Was It? The podcast that asked the guests how their week was last week. And yes, that premise did indeed start out as a joke. I'm Alex Sivright, and joining me for this episode is not my usual comedy wife, Kate O'Connor. It's my actual real-life wife, Emmy Weber. Hello, Emmy. Hello. I I think people may notice I didn't take your surname. No, you did not. No, no. (laughs) I didn't want it. I no, I don't blame you. It's too much of a mouthful. It really is. It's how it goes, isn't it? So, Emmy, how was your? Week? I can't really ask you how your week was last week. That makes me seem really insensitive. You're my wife. Are we going by an old script? Um, I don't even you... remember. Oh. So that's helpful. Yep. Ask the person with memory issues how their week was. No. Yeah. No. How are the kids? Which, which kids? <laughs> Just any. Um, that's the banter over with. Okay, so joining us for this episode is a voice actor and impressionist who has done everything from Star Wars to Postman Pat. It's Lewis McLeod. Hello, Lewis. Hello. How are you, my dear? Well, as I say in goes in Scotland, any better, I couldn't stand it. But oh, um, believe good. that, you believe anything. That's great. No, uh, yes, I'm all right, actually. Yeah, um, for once up here in Bonnie, Scotland, the... The um the weather's been really rather nice. It's been a mixed bag down in London. I don't know how it's been in Scotland. Well, it's um normally when the sun comes out, people think it's a UFO and jump off buildings. But no, it's been um it's been all right. I mean, the last couple of weeks, you know, last summer, I it, it sort of again this year, like last year's mm. gone by in a whip. But the the weather last year was just atrocious, and it was you know having been based in London for jings almost 30 years and uh coming up to scotland when and how i could to have the weather be so miserable as well as being in lockdown was just <laughs> oh you know warm muggy but just our kitchen flooded it was like you know it, uh, it was so bad and um the day we went we, we had to go to um france and then the day we left i remember being on top of the the roof trying to divert uh, water that was just cascading into the house through all sorts oh of uh, you know holes that we found were like 200 years old under the ground the whole house is like a well um <laughs> and uh yeah so we sort of drove off going well we'll come back we'll probably ho- open the door and <laughs> just be that <laughs> deluge <laughs> cover us but we were all right and um but yeah it's been lovely the weather up here just now has been really nice and uh uh, yeah, you know, just um, enjoying the few rays that we can get in between what work we've got, you know. Well, that's it. That's it. So we've obviously known each other for a long time now, many years. Yeah. I mean, we we first met in two thousand five. Uh, we did that course together, didn't we? Yes. Uh, well, they see the thing is building eighties calculators. Uh, it's trying yeah. to find the old architecture, the Vero board. It's not like something you can, you can't go into Little and say, "Have you got any Vero board?" Um, no. And solder is quite hard to get a hold of as well, I found. Did Can you be. not find that difficult? I, I did, yeah. Actually, the last solder I got was from a little, which was um, ah. ironic. But, uh, yeah, it was on offer, the, you know, the middle bit they have. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's. Uh, I found it a fascinating course. I mean, I mm. did spend most of the time just writing 
boobies, you know, because you do that, don't you, with a calculator? Well, you do. Um, you sort of 1134, shell. I didn't really get beyond that, actually. I tried all other permutations and it just oh, really did was. You not, did you not do shell oil? Oh, you see, that would be like that calculator mm. that Casio made when you were actually quite good at maths. It had cos, tan, cosine, I, I, I tea, don't remember coffee. That. <laughs> all the little buttons. I had one of those. Did you? Oh, Emmy, you must have been so brainy then. Did you get lots of subjects? I didn't understand it. I... I Ah, right, good. I, yeah, I had one, and it was for show. Oh, it was for show? Yeah. Well, they were quite elegant-looking things, weren't they? They sort of mm. lifted up at the, at the... I remember Bang & Olsen. I used to call Bang & Bang & Olsen. Uh, very expensive stereos. They had a, a, a kind of remote control that was like a, a laptop. Yeah. And it didn't really do much except, you know, stop, forward, rebound, eject. But it looked amazing. Well, calculators looked great on your desk. You didn't have any mm. space to write anything down. But this thing made you look like... Oh, it was a bit of a status symbol for kids, really, wasn't it? You know, it was like uh, sort yeah. of, I've got the cosine tan. Yeah, you knew I was in the top set maths because I had one of them. Yeah. Yep. Well, I failed arithmetic twice, <laughs> which is really grim. <laughs> I mean, I nearly got there on the first attempt and the second attempt. I was just, ah, I just don't like this. I was really I'm hoping not... that was just one attempt, but you're just so bad. No, <laughs> you twice. remember it twice. I mean, it's not, I don't know what it was. I, just thought, I thought I only quite really enjoy adding up and multiplying the subtraction long division bit really just didn't and fractions yuck in, in reality lewis failed it three times just, <laughs> yeah um but yeah that was a great course we got the calculators made we got and, them made uh, yeah and everyone was happy with that so how was your week last week lewis well i was just sort of the, the thing is and this is the reason i think i'm always saying i should really keep a journal because uh, these years whiz past and you've got no record of what you actually did. But now that we've got Google Diary, I can sort of uh, look at just how white and glowing and empty <laughs> my diary yeah. looks. But, um, well, so when, when do we start from? Like last Monday. The, last Monday, yeah. Right. That's so, the yeah, usual well, starting point. That's what we did. Well, we were away because, again, the weather was so lovely that we went mm. to... Uh, Berwick and uh, sat and got blown about the beach. <laughs> nice. <laughs> we took a picnic and uh, tried to do that thing of, you know, okay, let's just all, you know, lay the table, you know, a little bit of salad. My girlfriend's a chef, so that is really cool. Oh, she makes beautiful handy. food. And not just mm. a chef, she's a Michelin. She was a oh. Michelin. She worked at La Serre in Paris, goodness. chef de partie. Nice. So wow. anything that she makes. And, and is... you, you whisked her away to <laughs> sunny Scotland. Don't to Berwick. <laughs> <laughs> Make me dinner. <laughs> Chef's paradise in Berwick. And it was 25 uh, degrees. So we're going to start the week on Sunday, right? So we went and did that, and it was absolutely beautiful. And um, and just got covered in sand and, uh, and, and sort of, you know, crunched our way through what we made. Even the apple ties had just lovely little bits of sandy <laughs> crunch to it. And um, came back, and Monday was uh, miserable. The weather was exactly the polar opposite from the day before, but we expected that. Okay. And I've just been... Uh, the thing is, I built a studio, or rather I I could have visioned a studio here and was very lucky to have um, a friend of mine, Self-Isolate, who works with ABBA. Oh. And he came up and self-isolated and, and built the studio last year. So I have this little space, this little tiny corner in my upstairs that uh, I've now got as a fully working studio. So 
uh, when there's no, I guess, voice jobs in or uh, any sort of Zoom meetings or gigs, of, you know, I uh, I just I tinker about. I've been working quite a lot in uh, Radio 2 doing little songs for Steve Wright. On the mm. big show! Uh, doing <laughs> Jeremy Vines singing, all yes. sorts of crazy stuff. And um, I think Monday was the Stevie Wonder day where we, where, you know, the bam. Hello, Steve, it's Jeremy Vine. And it was, cycling is a world within itself. So the, <laughs> these, these little songs sort of come together. And so uh, there was a bit of that. And, um, Wonderful. I'm prepping a couple of things at the minute. So in an attempt to uh, do a bit of writing, which is really difficult, I find. I mean, Alex, you must find, you know, given that yeah. this is your, you know, your chosen profession, do you not well, find the yeah, motivation? Well, yeah, I mean, my, to... you, say, you say it's my chosen um, profession. I wanted to be a voice actor um, initially, and I just kept getting loads of writing little gigs here and there, and I was like, oh, I'll, keep my, I'll keep my hand in. And now I'm actually a a full-time writer for uh, I write um, learning courses right uh, okay. on the side and it is yeah it's it's one thing writing for yourself and it's another thing writing for someone else and uh, it's a real learning learning curve but uh, what I really want to do is act uh, well see this year this, this is another thing of course with the COVID rules that um mm. I got a couple of jobs and uh, I, I got a part in Endeavour which is being edited at the moment, and I think there's going to be some final VO work on that. I think at some point, and uh, but uh, also got a partner film, so it work did start to come in. Yeah, and uh, because I'm known for voice uh, jobs and commercial work and here and there, but uh, it, it's the Zoom phenomenon has really saved our, our kind of purse. Oh yeah, you know it's been completely, fantastic. Completely. You know, I got the uh, on Monday, you know, sort of because we're doing Dead Ringers this week of last week, uh, there's also just brushing up on voices, you know. So Tuesday would be that day where I'm sort of getting emails through from production saying, right, these are the voices that we're thinking about. Because ulti- ultimately, mm. they, you have to get the thing written. And at what point in the week do you do that? Is it, you know, Tuesday, Wednesday? So sketches that are not so reliant topically that you know there might be something will come in obviously on thursday um you kind of have to commit to it certainly with the football being the way it was last week yeah yeah but i also got my second jab Ah. yes yeah and so tuesday was a bit of a day for was that the day scotland were playing uh what was the day i I, I didn't yeah there was a day last week they got anyway i went through i think it was tuesday Mm. um and I got my second jab and so sort of had a bit of a, oh, jings, you know, a bit of a slump on the Tuesday yes, just because it yeah. does, it does hit you. I don't know. Mm, yeah. Have you had both your jabs yet? I, I've only had the first one. I've um, had both. You, I've you've had, had both. both. Yeah, had both, yeah. And did yeah. you feel strange after it? How did you feel after it? Well, on the <laughs> first jab, I, uh, I felt okay. And then um, that night I woke up at like three o'clock in the morning shivering and then i had a panic attack because i was shivering too much and couldn't regulate it and then just didn't go to sleep till half past five the following day um but you pretty much missed my birthday like his his jab was just before my birthday so he was out of action the whole of my birthday i was having a birthday steak on my own in the kitchen sitting by myself with my birthday steak um yeah but in february my first jab was just before his so 
you know, I did it to him first. <laughs> Cancelled each other out with the... Yeah. Uh, yeah. I was my, my second one uh, <laughs> my second one is the end of July so I'm looking forward to see how my body reacts to that one right. uh, I've heard mixed things I've heard it it's not as bad I mean but were you were you suffering with that one Lewis oh, well the second one was um I mean I tried to be funny when I went up to the we did it in a sports center and I walked in and said hello I'm here for my 23rd jab <laughs> oh we've got a smart arse. And um, but I, I actually didn't feel the thing going in because as a lot of people do uh, hate needles, I'm one of them, and I, I mean, mm. sort of rolled the thing up, oh. and it was in and out. I mean, they were fantastic. But uh, I had that with the first you, one, just just mm, boom, super boom. quick. Yeah, mine lingered. I've seen too many uh, newsreel footages of, them, of you know people just getting thwacked on oh. the side of the arm. I think, oh no, is that what it's going to be like? But uh, it wasn't like the BCG that I got, which I remember was agony. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, but yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's done and dusted. It's just uh, the travel implications of it now because we're planning to go away, and and obviously Boris is waiting and uh, and uh, and giving us the hope that on the nineteenth of July this will be the day. Fwah. Uh, but 2022, uh, 20, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Oh, yes, I got yeah. the dates wrong. Oh, balls. Ah, <laughs> uh, well, uh, because there is only it's like cry wolf, isn't it? There's only so many times he's going to be oh, I know. able I to know. get the support of everybody. All right, then, and it's just going to be no, yeah, had enough. You yeah. can feel that already. It, People are just beginning to go, nah. yeah, who knows, but it's. You know, it's it's a good thing to have, and uh, but when I went in and got mine, I got the. It was almost like I was privy to the to the news headlines that were going to be, you know, two weeks later, which was that you'll be getting another one of these in the autumn. Oh right, yes. okay, that's the first I'd ever heard of that. What? And yeah, you know, yesterday's news headlines on BBC Radio Four was that this was now being in consultation that we're going to now have to get one of these every autumn. Oh, well, I do that with the flu jab. Sure. Yeah, I've never had the flu, the flu jab. Yeah, I hear it works, but you do feel pretty lousy after you've had it. Um, I don't remember. I don't oh, remember anything. It causes amnesia yep. as well. I have I have like the worst um, memory, and but it's good because it means that we could watch the same film a multiple amount of times, and I won't remember what's happening. <laughs> it's just it's a fresh experience each time. It just goes into your subconscious, and when you go to bed, you're writing screenplays and things and making edits to the no, it's true. I'm, I'm a lucid dreamer, so my, my dreams uh, are, are amazing, you? yeah. Oh, I'm fascinated with this, you see, because um, I've only had it, I think, once, and it was absolutely brilliant. Mm. I had absolute control of the vista that I was, that I was in. Mm-hmm. And um, I think from memory, I was, it was like, um, the sound of music is gorgeous, gorgeous alpine vista. And ahead of me in the distance was a rack-mounted set of synthesizers, you know, like a proper Jean-Michel Jarre. Nice. And nice. Uh, and I remember going over, and there was this guy who I think was a sort of composite of Jean-Michel Jarre. And, um, and, and I remember in the dream sort of playing a little riff on the keyboard, and he just turned to me and goes, well, everybody's doing that. I went, oh, <laughs> <laughs> it was so. I felt so gutted that the, the scene. It's like it was like a PlayStation Two game that just crashed on me. It all just went to shit. <laughs> the vista disappeared, and I was in a grey room. Where am I? Get me out of here! <laughs> it was like a lucid dream reality check. But I've, I, I mean, I remember. 
I've met people that, that are into all that and, and um, astral projection and all that kind of stuff. And mm. uh, it's fascinating that. So can you can you bring on, Emmy, lucid dreaming uh, sort of wantonly then? Can yeah. you do that? As- um, yeah, I, I, I was reading about it a couple of weeks ago and, and apparently for most people who lucid dream, like they might get it a couple of times in their life or some people get it more regularly. I could do it nightly, every night. Like I, you could wake me up at any point. I could tell you what I was dreaming about. I could change things um that i don't like so um one of my tests to double check that i'm dreaming is if i could fly so i just jump like yep i'm i'm asleep and i'll just change i'll just change the dream if i don't like it that's incredible i've had flying (laughs) dreams they're great aren't they you know can just at will just sort of take off they're beautiful ah you see i don't get that i just have ah. the ones where you fall over and trip over the curb (laughs) and then wake wake yourself up (laughs) yeah i have those ones i don't even get off the ground you're just like in an old car trying to do 200 (laughs) miles an hour and you can't it's like running in a dream is really difficult i think as well that's why I fly yeah. because I couldn't run. So I thought, right, I'll fly then. And I just focused on how it looks, how it might look to have all the things moving. Yeah. When did you know that you could first do that then? Um, probably when I was a teenager. Right. Um, and yeah, just more and more. I, 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 I put it down to being an artist. I don't know, like, because I'm a very creative visual person. So I, I just assume I still have visions when I'm, when I'm asleep. Um, but I don't get very good quality of sleep, though. <laughs> All right. Because I'm mostly in the dream state. Because, you know, you speak to your parents about things like that and you go, well, um, you know, they would say things like, don't eat cheese before you go to your bed because that makes you dream. And I'd be thinking, no, mm. that's exactly what I want to do. I want to yeah, go into this yeah. other world that's that's kind of fascinating and amazing. Well, yeah. Oh, that's yeah. great. I love that. Well, I went to um, a sleep clinic um, because I don't get good quality of sleep. And there, there was doing tests and things and they were saying they would end up putting me on medication and that will make me have the deep stasis of sleep and less dreams. And I thought, no, I want the dreams. So I stopped going to the sleep clinic because I really enjoy my dreams. I'm the master of napping. Oh yeah. I can, I can vouch for that. Yeah. Pretty much every day I'll have a nap and have another exciting little dream. That's cracking. A little escape. Got, friends of mine, I mean, I've done it myself. You keep a notepad by the side of the bed. So if you get a funny idea, you get that thing. I remember as a director said to me once, you know, you, you get, I think, that mind chatter before you fall asleep. And he said, it's like that moment where your imagination sort of starts to disassemble the, the, the day. And he says it's at that point you keep the pen and paper by the side of the bed. So if you get a funny idea, it, it's, it sort of comes to you. I mean, I've had, yeah. certainly musically, I've had compositions that I've not heard mm. before that I've thought, if I only had a way of putting that down, I suppose I could record it into a thing. But it, it's a, it's amazing yeah. how, how imaginative it can become. I remember John Holmes talking about uh, that very same topic, about having a thought and writing it down so he's got a notepad by his side of his bed uh-huh. and he was saying and i had this great idea so i wrote it down and then went back to sleep and when i looked the next morning all it said was milky arm <laughs> <laughs> what was that an anagram or something he has no idea what that was about so um yeah i love that <laughs> milky arm 700 hours roger that thanks a lot guys i'll be there <laughs> oh yeah of course you will um now it's time for the feature that i shoehorn into every episode uh it's this feature's intro music was produced after the recording of this podcast so take it away when is ibiza opening up when is ibiza opening up 
is Ibiza opening up? When is Ibiza opening up? I'm very proud of that one. I think that was very good. What did you guys think of the theme music that hasn't been recorded yet? Oh, I, I cried. Yeah, I could see you getting visibly shaken and moved. It was uh, it was a, it was a special moment. I think time just froze for a second there, or we were caught up in just the the, the, the kind of the, the beauty yeah. of it. Really, it was quite stunning. Yeah, yeah. I think I'll be dreaming about yeah, it. I think so. I think that if you can get the visuals, there is a video. <laughs> Emmy could be directing here. I think it's an industrial light and magic job, really, or frame store, one of those heavyweights that Exp- expensive. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What what did you um what was, what did you like about it? Um. I think that the see, I was told that was it Kate Robbins, the amazing mimic and songwriter, said that every mm. song has a tonic. There's a tonic to a song, and it's quite complex. Yes, but uh, then you've got the root chords. So I'm going to say it was the gin and tonic of the song that really appealed to me. <laughs> fantastic, fantastic. I didn't realize Kate Robbins wrote "Surprise, Surprise" the theme song. She did, yes. And when yeah. I heard that, I was like, "What?" And I. I tweeted her and just said um i've been a fan of yours for years but what that's incredible you are a goddess and then she followed me back so that was great <laughs> oh well she's a lovely person and um we should have her on the show your show i, I if she'll do it i definitely have her yeah definitely but she was that's that thing about songs you know in, in writing songs she yes. told me that well there's the that song about fifths you know that the, the you know that they're really, but I spoke to John McLaughlin's a friend, and he's he writes ballads and things like that. And he says, "Oh, absolutely, fifths are are uh, are the that's the chords for you know love songs and mm. sad songs." Yeah. You know. Did you notice any of that in the intro music? Or? Uh, I, 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 to be honest, that kind of escaped me. I was more going with the <laughs> and the oh, 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 okay. oh. When is Ibiza opening up? <laughs> but that's that's just maybe uh, yeah. horses for courses, really. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, Emmy, was hmm. there anything you noticed? Well, there's 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 some things that I picked up on because as well as you know, Alex, I'm a kind of a musician of sorts. Like you are. That is my bass behind you. Oh, um, do you play bass, Emmy? <laughs> I play guitar, mm-hmm. um, and. I have played bass. Uh, that's that one I've inherited quite recently. Great. Um, so, I, you know, I've got an ear for picking out sounds. And there's there was a sound in there, which I believe is, you know, when you go to the supermarket and you, hmm. you're slapping the hands. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. The, and you slap the hands from it. That sound and what, what is you, unmistakable. Yeah. What's got the best sound? Is it the honey roast or is it the bargain you know the super the super economy pack. What's got the got the best resonance? Well, I'm biased of anything with honey. Right. So, it, I, as soon as it says honey on it, that's my favorite thing. Tombra. Um, but <laughs> Bally <laughs> shoes. I've got little hands, so any ham feels kind of good. Well, that's great. And so, yeah, you've got your own sort of like a Keith Moon's a kit. What's your favorite mm-hmm. supermarket for? What, what's got the best kit? Um. Morrison's. Morrison's, right. Oh, yeah, no, I, I get where you're coming from. The meat, meat selection is very Just a, yeah. a good old long sort of shelf of uh, hams. Yeah. It doesn't work with slices, does it? Not so well. 
Not with individual slices. Mm. Yeah. Not as good. Unless you're slapping the ham with the slice. You could do that. (laughs) Never really done that. The man behind the counter would be a little bit amused. What's that, son? Why do you want to do that? I just want to slap the hams because I'm learning how to play percussive ham. Right, son, you need to leave right now or I'm getting security. Okay. (laughs) I haven't been caught yet. Right, okay. Well, I think one day you've got to expect that to just uh, show up. And I think it'll be quite a joyful moment when you're seeing you going... I recommend trying it. Next time you're in a supermarket and you see the hams, you're going to think about it. I'm going to, you know, because you've got that little bit of a gap, you know, the... Is this a nice little... Yeah. Or a large tub of onkin, maybe. Just a little, you know, like oh. a sort of tom-tom. Mm. Yeah. You could just lay various foods out what, and just hit you know, the foods? do your shopping. Yeah, just hit, hit the foods, do a little solo yeah. gig. Tonight. Hit, <laughs> hitting the hams tonight on BBC <laughs> One. Who's getting through to the semi-final? <laughs> well, I'm a bit a bit nervous, Dermot. I mean, I did, I did not bad last week on the Onkin. But it's getting a little bit crazy now because you're mixing mains with puddings and that's always a bit trying for me. Hitting the ham tonight at nine. The final. I'm looking forward to the Christmas special. It's going to be marvellous. Oh, the Christmas special. We've got the Christmas puddings and the Uh, Christmas hams. Who's hitting the turkey before stuffing? Oh, that giant, the leg that they have, was it a pig leg or something? The way you, you just carve straight from the <laughs> from the, the leg they have on display. You, could, if that's you always have to have the... It's a 10-bird roast. <laughs> Who's going to get the percussion right? <laughs> I've been watching a lot of Bake Off and those types of programmes in some vain yeah. attempt to think that I can actually do a bit of... Cooking. Us too. We, 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 whenever yeah. Bake Off finishes, it feels like there's a hole in our lives, you know? <laughs> and then we'll binge through them again. Yes. But isn't Gogglebox funny? Oh, Do you know, we, we, haven't, we need to get into that. I don't we haven't really watched too it. many of them. We need You've to not to watched it. it. Well, I, I was, I'm, I'm fairly new to it myself, but it, oh, I love it. I think it's great. Yeah. And, we, and you know, we sit on the sofa going, oh, what's the coming? Give us a shot. <laughs> <laughs> You know, yeah, because they are really funny. The people on it, you know, they've 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 learnt beats, comic beats, and all that. I think they're really terrific, and it, it must be a mammoth edit. Yeah, I bet. I bet as well. I mean, well, I bet it is. Credit to them. It is an amazing edit. Yeah. great show. We'll, we'll have to get into that one because we we we've yes. we got a a reality show hole, as I say, in our lives at the moment. Um, well, I'm I'm glad mm. you um, but we did cover some of the music there so i'm glad that that got covered that's fantastic um should i have mentioned a song or something should we be talking about an actual no conflated oh no melody no 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 no. oh no (laughs) no i do have something else to say about the music yeah if there's anything else clearly just heard um is the singer the, the vocals of the singer is reminiscent of the um the country legend Constipated John. Oh you yes, remember him? I know him. Constipated John. Yes. There's just a distinct sound of like frustration, but earnestness in the, in the voice. I don't yeah. think I need <laughs> my life yes, more than you need us. <laughs> I 
don't know. Yeah, constipated. Oh, child. that's one of my favorite songs of his. Yeah, that's that's what that, that singer sounded like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he sounded like constipated. constipated John. And that's Constipated John with a brand new single. You stole my arms and gave me them back in the wrong way round. Nice. Yeah, nice. you got Constipated John. Constipated John there on 101.1011 FM. Country Hour. I love it. I love it. I wonder if he would talk the way he sings. <laughs> can you can we move this interview along a little? <laughs> no, actually, no. I'm good. You can keep going. <laughs> uh, I'm all right. Yeah, yeah. It's just a little. It's kidney stone. Kidney stone. <laughs> That's the follow up album. <laughs> yeah. It's a high fiber. Yeah, high fiber. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, high fiber diet. Okay. <laughs> passing me by. Passing. <laughs> I try. Give me a minute. <laughs> Give me a minute till I finish my soda. All the things I shouldn't drink. <laughs> Kidney stone one mile long sure makes you belly well think. I like. I like how he used the word belly well as well. Well, I think he's I think he's family. Wasn't his father an earl? I think he was. Yes. Like, I'm going to send you to America to study. Don't come back. Jonathan. What do you mean, Dad? <laughs> yeah, before his accent really Dad, that's really unfair. Yeah. You're going. Don't come back. Do you know how to sing? He had a hard life. He, he still does, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, excellent. So, hard life, hard stools. Hard stools, hard knock life. I'm, yes. I'm, glad, I'm glad you enjoyed it anyway. Um, so, Lewis, Wednesday, yes. what the hell happened that day? Well, Wednesday, um, well, uh, that was quite busy with work. The, the middle of the week suddenly sprung to life um, in my sort of my day job, if you like, doing voices for people. Mm. And um, so, th- in that regard i was um out of the traps doing a little bit of prep and then by about midday i was um locked in this little sound booth um working on uh, a wee commercial job and then i had to race out the door and help a friend uh, with what we call adr uh, ah, automatic yes. dialogue dialogue replacement and it's uh, it was a little sizzle thing that he's he's doing and so i had to become a character who uh, a military character. Hmm. And then um, I was back at home having <laughs> raced through Glasgow traffic um, and uh, was doing a little thing for Channel 4, uh, which was a lot of fun. Nice. So it, it's, a, it's a very varied kind of job, but uh, it can sort of hover between acting and um, yeah, and doing voice work. Yeah. But some of it does need a little bit of prep. Um, what we've found is that the Mac that I use to record on, that sometimes the fan comes on. I don't know if it might be on just now if you can hear it, but the, we found this thermos uh, freezer bag that we can put under it that stops the fan. I think Apple should uh, hire me, frankly, because uh, uh, it's, it's one of those life hack moments for any. You know, there's guys on on talk groups, on focus groups, going, you know, like, uh, oh man, I, I'm I'm doing this edit for my my short film, and uh, the fan just keeps coming on. It's driving me crazy. 
And then I come to, hello, I'm a Scotsman. Let me help you. Have you tried frozen peas? Frozen peas under your Mac? And now, who is this guy? Get this asshole out of here. Sorry, no, let me finish. I won't take up your time. Uh, a bag of ice or a thermos freezer box thing. Put that under and that'll stop your fan. Goodbye. the genius bar. <laughs> Goodbye. Cheerio now. Sorry to bother you. I did go into the, 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 the Mac store and ask the guy, because he's going, oh, no, but um, we've actually got this new Mac, which has got the T1 chip. It's really, really clever. And uh, so you don't need the fan. And I'm saying, okay. So where does the heat disperse then, young man? In your, with your acumen. Thrill, thrill me with your acumen. Uh, uh, well, it sort of disperses through the, uh, John, can I ask for some help here? Um, and uh, he basically conceded after my grilling and my deep, furrowed, serious face became ever more intense mm. until I was talking like this. Don't lie to me, son. I know there has to be a <laughs> fan. Tell me how you disperse the heat when you've got Zoom, Final Cut, Clean Feed, and every other program running. Uh, well, actually, it just slows down the, the software. Ah, right, okay. So in order to keep the thing cool, it just basically makes everything go really slowly. I said, well, bring back a fan. We need a fan then. That's that's what I love about my computer is, is when it goes slow. That's, that's when it works best is when it slows down. Oh, completely. Yeah, I was doing editing um, on the Mac and it turns out it needed an update. I didn't realize that, but I realized it after trying to move one piece of audio into the editing software and it taking an hour to actually do anything. Ah. So, yeah, I mean, there's going slow and then there's grinding to a halt. Mm -hmm. It's horrible. Yeah, and I think that's probably the, you know, the trade-off, mm. isn't it? But, well, there is a cure. If you hire me, I will be able to cool your mic down to Please. Arctic conditions, albeit for only 20 minutes, and then you're on your own. But that 20 minutes could be the, the, the icing on the cake. <laughs> Thanks for phoning. I'll do it. <laughs> it's it's like one of those hacks, isn't it? Like um, blowing on a games cartridge back in the nineties. It's the same sort of <laughs> same sort of hack, I think. I've got actually. I, I, I funny you should say that, you see, because um, well, being older than you, both well, combined, no doubt. Well, um, we had the Commodore Vic Twenty and the Commodore Sixty Four, which only had three K RAM, mm -hmm. which. It's kind of amazing. And the comedian Simon Munnery, who is a bit of a hero of mine because he he um, wrote uh, a, a game called Cosmades, oh. which was like Space Invaders for the unexpanded VIC-20. Now, just to give you an idea, that's 3,500 kilobytes, which is like a photograph on your phone. Shocking. Um, and I've got them here, actually. Oh. So this, okay, so this one, I don't know if you can see this, it's called Jelly oh, Monsters. look at that. Now, Jelly Monsters is that. Now, this is the... So, you, that, that's, believe me, a genuine yeah. uh, VIC-20 cartridge. And that yeah. was the best Pac-Man uh, rip-off. <laughs> I mean, it was really so much better Wonderful. than the, the actual game Pac-Man. So uh, there's a burgeoning market on eBay for all this kind of stuff. People just, yeah. you know... No, actually, I, I'm actually... Uh, I'm probably older than you think I am because the first computer I had was a VIC-20 as well. Oh, Really? I had mm -hmm. an Amstrad. We've actually, uh, I think it's in the room with Alex. Got it. Yeah. Oh, the yeah, CPC four six four. Yep. Mm. 
That's the fella. Awesome. Yep. Yes. Well, yeah, I, I yeah, think yeah. they're kind of beautiful works of art, really. You know, they're, they're, they're kind of amazing. Completely. So I, I, had a, I had a habit of backing the wrong horse, though, during my gaming lifetime because I um, had a VIC-20, then I had a Spectrum, then a Z64, but then I started like branching out to the Philips CDI, uh-huh. the um, Atari Jaguar, uh, the Dreamcast, any anything that system failed. that failed, anything that failed, I had. <laughs> well, then you have an engage when we met. <laughs> oh wow! Yes, N-Gage, I did have an engage. Yes. I, yeah. I did the ads for for Dreamcast, and I remember the strap oh. line was Dreamcast, up to six billion players. You know that that was the the first sort of salvo yeah. into the world of. You probably say that about any game, couldn't you? I could release a game that three people play. And there's up to six billion players. <laughs> up to six billion people on planet Earth. Um, John, I don't think game. this has got anything to do with the Dreamcast. <laughs> Want it on my ad. Yeah, yeah but then because I got the Amiga, the Amiga was really good, the 500, so it was the 64. Mm. Then it was uh, there was a hiatus. And then in my 20s, sort of come back and, and revisit my, my childhood with a, with a fully updated Bells and Whistles. And I think I played it about four times and got bored and... Yeah, and now you just do the voices in them. Yes, I've done so many voices on games. You know, I've done loads. I know. Um, I've probably like heard you a lot and not known. Yeah, well, I've, I'm usually sort of henchman four, thug nine. I've been a talking door on Fable. I was the doors in Fable, and oh, I'm, I would have uh, heard you then. Captain Haddock, Tintin, lots of and villains and Bond films. I always enjoyed them. Oh, Mister Bond. <laughs> it's, oh. it's great. Yeah, because I was playing. Uh, I've got to get the uh, Planet Coaster. I think. It is. Oh yes. Uh, it oh yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Some uh, yeah. coaster world, and I was the, the yeah. That's the yeah. I was, the theme park. I was playing that, and I went. I'm sure that's Lewis. Well, yeah. so, there's a lot of kind of doubling up, which I discovered um, when I went to the, my first convention. Because being in Star Wars, people think that I've done, I, that was part of my life for the last I didn't want to bring Star Wars up, but yeah, that's fine. Now you have well, done. I've only done eight of them. I've only been to eight conventions, and they're, they're a lot. you've only done eight films then. <laughs> <laughs> He's not been in very much. But there's, um, I did go to my first convention thinking, why is there four Chewbacca's and things like that. That was always mm. the... Uh, the surprise, but um, I was one of the Optimus Primes, which I was kind of chuffed to get. Oh, um, nice. Because they're, you know, they're, they're Optimus Prime. Um, it's they're, Yeah, they're great fun. And they, those guys that do it in America, they're, they're, they're kind of amazing. Uh, they're, yeah. They're big personalities, and they, 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 they really, they've all got great sort of voices for that, you know. I've been wanting to be a voice actor since I was a little kid, and it's been like a dream of mine to do it. And so I like know all the the people like you know, rob paulson and the billy west and oh uh, yeah billy west good oh he's, he's incredible and I, I met him at a convention and it was just an incredible oh, moment little I, face when you saw i know him. i oh. lit up so badly so badly um but i still get that kind of um i'm just in awe at a lot of them i really am um, yeah, I think, well, I, you know, we celebrated Mel Blanc's birthday a few weeks ago, and Ooh. Jan Ravens and I went on Paul Coyer's show and, and talked about him. And it was Jan that actually said that a laryngoscop, what do you call them, an, a laryngal uh, Mister, a doctor of uh, the the larynx. I can't even say the word. <laughs> the laryngal part of your body, your throat, you know, the that uh, the, <laughs> that makes the sound. Oh yes, um, he said that he had um, the vocal folds uh, similar to Caruso. Uh, and so he hadn't seen this this quite a unique uh, sort of set of pipes and he was a smoker as well he smoked right up until he died yeah 
Yeah, th- and it's a funny thing as well. It's difficult. I think it's difficult to teach. And um, my friend Peter Dixon, who's very good, he runs the Gravy for the Brain and teaches you how to um, really understand how it all works. And uh, but it, I've always found it very difficult. You know, you're getting directions and they're saying, "Okay, now put the voice at the back of the throat, let's t- turn it a little bit to the left, and then move it over to the other side." You know, either you feel the thing or you don't. You know, and I think mimicry is. Yeah that's what I love about ringers is you go on dead ringers and, and we have a, a table read. We all sort of audition for it. And um, with a little bit of prep, but actually all of us and ringers were quite, quite fast at getting voices. Now. I think we, when you think before yeah. YouTube, we didn't have any way of um, sourcing them. We would have LPs. There was a company called Cademon that used to make um, LPs, double albums of just very short 30, 40 second clips of Bernard Shaw or, you know, hmm. or you'd have, or, or you know, what's his name Orson Welles doing some reading and it Mm. was brilliant and that's how we learned voices or we would have video recorders I'd be phoning my mum get that film tape buddy I'm going to take that film (laughs) and uh, okay and she'd record it and uh, I remember days with Ronnie and Kona in the 90s even as you know as as fairly recent as sort of 1997 98 I was walking around rooms with little portable cassette recordings of playing back voices whereas now it's just YouTube Getting deliveries of I've, CDs I've seen it myself uh, when you when we did when you did Jeremy Vine Agony Uncle. Um, you uh had Jeremy Vine talking to Danny Dyer, and <laughs> you literally right. just went, you literally just got it up on 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 the phone and went, yeah, he sounds like that, and you just did it, and I went, wow. Well, I love doing Jeremy. <laughs> wow. what a, oh, he's a terrific fella, Jeremy. He really is, and it, such a good sport. Mm. And th- that voice was just it sort of came by accident. But you can always, I just think that. Uh, with some voices like Trump, when I was doing Trump, I sounded probably more like Alec Baldwin in Glen Gary, Glen Ross, because he wasn't really, mm. you know, he was just that billionaire that everybody knew in America. And so when we did him, I sort of did him like this, you know, <laughs> which, you know, it's, you know, set him up there. And it was only when he sat down with Barbara Walters and she went, Donald, when did you know that you could? I just knew I was the only guy for the job, Barbara. You know, and then I thought, well, if he wins this, this is the the guy we're going to hear is this this softly spoken chap um, that's going to be you know driving us all nuts. But um, yeah, yeah. So that some come easier than others. You kind of pick them up uh, by just leavening them over time. Like Jeremy's voice yeah. at the moment, I've noticed that he's doing this thing where he so any any word that ends in an s. And he'll say, okay, well, that's a thank you so much. I really appreciate you coming on. Thanks. He does this like he's got a little valve somewhere that he's, he just twists on his leg. Slowly deflating. Sorry, I was overinflating there. I was beginning to lift off my seat. Okay, here's Africa. Bye, Jojo. I love it. I love it. Alex, what day of the week are we on? We are on Thursday next. Okay. Well, this is Dead Ringers Day. Yeah. But before that, ah. I was doing a voiceover. And it yes. was for, uh, it says here, uh, yeah, I love this channel. It's called Really? Really? <laughs> oh, really? The channel's called Really? And it really? was for Obsessive Compulsive Cleaners. Really? See, I'll sell oh. anything, me. You know, I'm a, I'm a vocal whore. Um, but yes, tonight, obsessive compulsive cleaners. Yeah, that's that. Yeah, that kind of voice. And actually, we did some funny stuff on that. But um, yeah, yeah. So it's, uh, yeah, and 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 much of again the the these kind of jobs is um, sound liking people. I mean, it, it really is bizarre. You get the chance to sound like Hollywood stars, 
you actually get to overdub them bizarrely for trailers right. and things. And uh, yeah. sometimes if they want a scratch record, they call it, you know, you get in and you'll record, um, you know, somebody like Liam Neeson or somebody like that and do yeah. the voice. I don't know who you are. Um, I usually just do that, actually, if I get a phone call from, you know, somebody wanting to sell me something <laughs> or one of those phone calls, you know, press one, your number, yeah. please press one now. Um, so uh, I mean, I, was, I wasn't going to do it, but there's not many impressions I can do. I used to, I used to do loads when I was a kid, mm. but I've found mine are quite obscure. So if ever Matthew Broderick needs to now be that's good because I was I, I love a bit of that. That's great, you know. You there's yeah. there's voices that you know. Um, well, I found that I could do Matthew Broderick when I was just talking like this one day, <laughs> and that's all it is. That's good. <laughs> it's not bad, is it? It's not bad. Obscure um, voices, right? That's Broadway producer. Yeah, I want to be a Broadway producer. That's great. He does sound young, doesn't he? He's like, what is he? he must he be 60 Always now, young. So young. So let me just... I've... Why are you still here? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think the voices for my one at the moment that I'm enjoying doing is Andrew Neil. The voice is always changing oh. and why is nobody sponsoring us? <laughs> um, but, well, there's that. And Kirsty Warwick, thank you so much. Kirsty Warwick is really oh, Kirsty. And Jan Ravens does the best. Kirsty Walk, you will ever hear. Now, but the thing I noticed about Kirsty Walk was like, you know, obviously it's very silly. I'm a bloke doing Kirsty Walk's voice. But what I was saying was kind of funny is you don't actually know what she's saying until she puts her glasses on. And that always <laughs> happens at the end of the paragraph. And she's saying, of course, the government's very funny with 2,000 people. And of course, the policy will need to be looked at. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> but uh, I even, well, somebody like, see, film directors, I went through that thing of doing film directors. So, you know, and it's a wonderful, uh, you know, Spielberg is a different, you know, process. So I said to George, um, but uh, they're all, all film directors have got great personas and they're mm. eminently fascinating to listen to. Um, but the, I think I'm the only person that does uh, Martin Scorsese. I've not heard anybody really? do his voice. And uh, for just, you know, uh, you know, from, uh, if you want to see the future of filmmaking, <laughs> uh, you got to go to the ranch. And uh, <laughs> oh, it's uh, yeah, yeah, thank, thank you. But um, but I noticed I'd written that Werner Herzog, and uh, I need to hear him. Oh, but he's 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 got a great voice, and I absolutely know this that there's nobody that I've met that can impersonate a speaking spell toy from the 1980s. Listeners, look it up. It was the one of the biggest Christmas presents you would want, you know, back in like what 80 to through 83, 4. Yeah, I can picture I can picture the noise. Yes, well, it would go. R O O F spells Ralph. That's it. Correct. But if you got it wrong, does not spell road. That is probably my favourite. Well, you need to get Beardy Man on. Oh yeah, his Siri, his Siri. Goodness, I know he's you know not as good as the actual voice, but I I phenomenal. I do love um. There's there's a there's a there's a collection of videos of him with um. Peter Serafinowitz as Brian Butterfield. <laughs> I've heard it. Yeah, yeah it's amazing. It's just, I'm sorry, Brian. <laughs> I don't know that. It's just, it's incredible. Because yeah, didn't he get him on? He had his Radio 6 show. He got him on his show. Yeah. I think Pete was doing a show the for Siri. Radio 6. And I think he even got Terrence Stamp on, who's great. But there's a, Terrence Stamp. There's a, a, a line from that that goes through my head quite a lot where it just goes, oh, technology. 
And it's just, <laughs> I just think about that. A lot. I used to be able to do because it kind of grew up with me that voice, you know. So it became, it started speaking spell. To then it became Stephen Hawking. Of course, there's nothing like Stephen Hawking. But it sort of works if you can't really remember. You know, it was probably Stephen Hawking, the very early, you know, vocal chip from about 1977 or something oh. like that. You know, not like now, where these things are just fantastic. They, they sound more human than human. But um, I used to have a lot of fun with it at school and uh, doing, you know, sort of talking over myself like that and really winding up people. Uh, particularly audio engineers, I've seen them. Lewis, <laughs> could you do what's happened there? You're, there's a noise coming through your microphone. Really? I can't hear it. I'm sorry. Um, um, but yeah, rare voices keep that up. That's great because you don't really want to be doing voices that everybody else no. does. You know, it's always good practice to get yeah. one or two that kind of, um, you know, maybe, maybe not great for a live show. They're all going, who's that? Yeah. Sometimes I do have to take a run up at them. Uh, that's the thing. Well, that's an excellent Matthew Broderick. Emmy, can you do any voices? I do noises more than I do voices. <laughs> right. Like, I'm quite obnoxious. I, I, like, with my, Alex gets to hear any noise that comes into my head yeah. at any point. I, I think I have ADHD. So, like, if if I just have little outbursts and things. Um I think Pingu is one of my noises. <laughs> it's probably the only accurate one well, I can do. It. Oh, it'd be quite loud on the mic. Something like that. Very good. So you could depth for Pingu. <laughs> maybe. I for maybe Pingu. one day I could be Pingu. I depth for Pingu tonight at nine on BBC One. And I did stumble across the SpongeBob SquarePants uh, when I was trying to do Dog Tanyon from um, the uh, Musker Hounds. Um, but yeah, that's how you tried to impress me when we first met was with your with your cartoon My voices. SpongeBob SquarePants. SpongeBob oh yes. Oh, that's good. Yes. Hey, Patrick. I can hear. <laughs> <laughs> that's just very good. Yeah, I I, I remember I'm, I I remember doing this for my Star Wars audition. All the Star Wars noises that I could do. Oh, with lovely. Emmy, where I was. You know, I was doing the, I did the Tie Fighter when she must have covered her face in phlegm, but it was um, oh. and then you know, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> was like you know, very very embarrassed. And she, I remember just holding the mic in front of me like this is the woman that cast Forrest Gump for crying out loud. There's a guy <laughs> sitting less than thirty centimeters away from her, spitting on her, going. Oh. Can you just read the lines? You are the most bizarre man I've ever met. Can't wait to play this to George. Oh. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Biggest audition of my life, and that's that. I'm never going to hear from you again. Yeah, 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 yeah. And three weeks later, yeah, I broke the sofa when they phoned me up. I bet. I remember jumping up and down on my sofa, I and bet. it went cling. You, you, they, I presume they did suburban figures. Oh, I yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I presume you have them all. Um. Not them all, but I've got a few bits. I remember remember um, I got a lovely letter from a woman called Lynn Hale, and it said, you know, it's a beautiful, I mean, American, it's a different A4 they've got. It's a kind of more squat, mm. thicker cartridge paper embossed all over the place. And it said, from the desk of George Lucas. Mm. And I was, oh, hello. Um, Dear Lewis, thank you for your work on Phantom Menace. Please find enclosed at George's request, um, two collectible uh, programs uh, that 
essentially just a pictorial of the Phantom Menace celebrating. It was about A3 size, and it had this gold embossed thing on it, <laughs> you know, number 181 of 200, you know, it was something like that. And um, my wee nephew, he was only about three at the time, I had him lying out, and he went, Why is this, Uncle? <laughs> oh. <laughs> Luckily, I had two. Oh. So I gave him that one, and I kept the other one. Um, Otherwise, that was getting opened very quickly oh, as well. Man. But yeah, the, the, I've kept a few bits, but no, nah, I mean, it's like a. It, when I was a kid, I had pretty much every Star Wars figure going. I used to make sets. I used to cut, you know, two liter bottles of lemonade and make little Yoda huts with paper mache. And and I felt, as I think, my, I think it was my mother said, she, the amount of money, of course, they spent on these toys back then when we were kids. It was kind of wonderful to get a part in the film because then it's like, you, you feel like you've justified all that time and effort. Oh, yeah, completely. In, yeah. You know, getting lost in that world. Yeah. And, you know, you're immortalized, really, to be honest. <laughs> well, the character was, uh, um, it was a, it was a bit like Jabba the Hutt. And I, I unfortunately made a, what is that saying? You made a rod for your own back. You kind of, I, I, I decided to do his voice, you know, <laughs> Chuba. <laughs> but then there's all these sequences where he's in this, pod thing racing around and he's okay um and you know he gave me the third way as well as a, a, in direction you know you, you probably heard harrison ford saying you can type this shit george but you sure as hell can't say it yes and um uh, but he would say f- yeah faster uh, more intense and with me he said faster m- more intense and a little angrier I couldn't do it because I created this voice where I was talking like this. Um, But we kind of worked around it, but it took a bit of um, toing and froing. So, uh, George, what do you think if I do this? And he would go in and he would speak to his engineer. (laughs) Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Thank God. No, try that. I know. Yeah, I know. Because it's, hey, somebody comes in hanging another door. Thank you so much. We really appreciate your time, but that's all for today. What? 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 Oh, mm. oh so that's it? Yeah, thank you so much. We won't be needing your services any longer. <gasps> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it was it was a great... Um, it was when you could smoke in, in voiceover booths as well, I seem to remember. Handy. For that voice, I imagine. The engineer. Take three. <laughs> you know, the old engineers smoking like that. Take three. No. You know? Change days now, of course. Yeah, of course. So, Thursday, what happened Thursday, then? yes. So that was the morning, and then it was Dead Ringers read through at 11 o'clock, yes. which is an amazing experience because for the last year and a half, we've all been on Zoom, and given the technological marvel of the BBC, uh, they have managed, and I, I know a little bit about it, I mean, they've got, there's about a thousand people, you know this yourself, there's a thousand people who come on a Zoom call when it's a show like that, mm. if, if, you know, Radio 4, but they, they've really mastered the, the sound of it so that they can crunch it down by whatever means and using 850 or so tracks, crunch it down so it sounds like you're at the radio theatre. So it doesn't really sound that different um, than it would if you were in the, in the in the room. I mean, you can tell a bit. Yeah. But to have 850 tracks independently of each other is, is kind of amazing. And um, so we get this read-through. That's when we, uh, again, there's always a, you know, Thanks to Zoom, there's very little latency now where you can you read the sketch and you get all your comic beats in and all the funnies done. And there's it's not eggy and, you know, sometimes the line will drop out, but very occasionally. 
and we read the script and um, then we reconvene about two o'clock, three o'clock, do a little tech run and then we make changes if there are any. And I've been on Zoom because I'm in Scotland, but it sort of works because the great thing about hearing a Zoom audience of about a thousand is that if they particularly like a voice that you've done, you'll hear them going, oh, that was rather good. <laughs> you'll, just, you'll hear them laughing and then you'll hear this, oh, that was oh, that was funny, wasn't it? Or the opposite. That was terrible, Miriam. Get the six o'clock news on, this is shite. Um, so instant feedback. So it, you do, and, and and so these poor guys in the, in the L Street or whatever it is, the engineers that are going, they're, they're trying to save your blushes, but they've got 850 people to go through before they find that person. That you know, so, so incredible. It, it could be... Um, quite a task but we've been really lucky that the audiences are, are, are fantastic that we get they, they love the show they love the um the, the the repetition of it i mean it was one that we did that which john culshaw who's phenomenal just had me folded up he did um michael portillo and he did this um it was a it was an andrew neil gb sketch that ultimately led into bringing on diane diane Abbott! <laughs> and uh is <laughs> where we can't see her name without going and joining me on the sofa, Diane you know, <laughs> But he's, in introducing himself as Portillo, he said, um, I'm wearing a special pair of fl- slacks that are for you, Andrew, that I call overcooked prawn. <laughs> <laughs> I came in with Andrew Neil. Well, thank you so much there. We've got the chance. Couldn't speak. I was almost on the floor I it was it. very funny <laughs> and it, it's terribly unprofessional but the, the the audience absolutely loved it they just you could just hear this noise of laughter it was great and i thought here i am i mean it's an amazing thing you know i i, I i've been in this little booth work and i got cast in a movie in this room doing an audition uh, on zoom with um Stephen frears it's, it's extraordinary and it, it won't it, you know, it'll probably never happen again in, uh, in the experience. But it has, the, th- the wonderful thing for me about Zoom is that it won't go away. Mm. It can mm. only improve. And with that, people like us in the creative industries um, can modify our, you know, input and we can build a green room yeah, or we yeah. can do other stuff. I mean, I, I was working with a company called Frame Store last summer and we did some deep fake Donald Trump, Boris Johnson and I, you know, I was, I was doing the prime minister and we, we tested it and in the house, the weather was rotten up here. It was raining and the guys in London are going, no problem, Lewis. Um, uh, what phone have you got? And I said, well, I've got an iPhone 11 and it could film in 4K. So we did that. Within about two hours, I got this video back of me <laughs> as Boris Johnson. It was incredible. And I was thinking, oh, I'm, I'm in my own house here. This is... Yeah. You know, normally you'd be rocking up at a studio to do this. So it, the possibilities are limitless yeah. and it's exciting. I agree. I agree. Is there is a certain thing, because um, I, I haven't done much voice work, but the, the stuff I have done, I did things for Audible and you go into the studio and you, you know, it's all very exciting. And I found working from home to be a lot um, less glamorous for one thing. Because when I, when I did um, Cold Case Crime Cuts, uh, John Holmes's thing, I had to be under a, a, a duvet. Was well, that duvet? Yeah, one behind. Oh, yeah. Uh, and uh, so, yeah, but I just threw this duvet over myself. And so, everyone like DFS voiceover duvets <laughs> down twenty percent. That'd be incredible. Slide down your banister and get down to DFS for the voiceover duvet sensational summer sale. It's just not as glamorous, you know. When you just, um, you know, the the top is, you know, falling in on you, and you're just trying to read the lines, and you can just see. 
You can see yourself on oh, the video. But it does work. I mean, I've got friends. Oh, yeah. I've got a friend of mine who went to Italy and took his mic and his Mac and set it up in his car. He, went, he was in, you know, Umbria and went up a hill and was, you know, 90 degrees outside and he's in a Volvo it, it is <laughs> doing a voiceover. Possible. It's completely yeah. possible, I agree. But it's, it, it, for me, it kind of lost a little bit of its charm. <laughs> so uh, it didn't help that I had a pug that was trying to get under the duvet with me at once. <laughs> Yeah. So yeah, that was a bit of a pain. Um, but uh yeah, it's certainly doable. And I'm I'm glad that you're still able to do it. And um, you know, Dead Ringers is it's, a, it's an institution, isn't it? It's been going for ages. Oh, so. it's, I love it. I love every yeah. second of it. And I, and it's and it's an exciting show as well because for us it's always a surprise, you know, what's what's the show gonna manifest, what we're we gonna hear, you know, and it's an amazing job. Bill Dare, the creator and producer and writer of it. Um, has some job, you know, because the recordings, they last about an hour and five, ten minutes. And, you know, there's, I think for the people that have been lucky enough to get to see how a show like this is built, it must be fascinating, you know. But uh, friends of mine that have come to see it, you know, they've, they've always said that they equally enjoy the show recording itself, probably because of the mistakes and the sort of... Oh, yeah. The, the banter back and forward and the, the chat but it's just such a great thing to read yeah. and that's that uh, reading it, working it off the mac normally I've, i'm holding that bbc script which in itself is a, a marvel it's had decades of refinement this beautifully paginated you know typed up piece of work that you can edit you can you know and it's it, we miss that but it's, it's changing and we'll probably all be using I, ipads or tablets yeah you know soon but i do love just holding the script to be able to read it off in front of the audience but equally i've, I've really adapted to getting you know because you've got maybe four or five screens open you've got i'm recording locally i'm using final cut i've got clean feed i've got the script up i've got the versions the changes to it and the so it's, it's quite exciting, you know, you're kind of, yeah. it's very kinetic. You're working around you, you're almost doing technical media. Doing more, uh, you know, with all the editing and stuff and like focusing and doing your own computer You do stuff. get to focus on the voice or the impression a lot more because yeah. we don't have headphones like I'm wearing now. You don't have that when you're doing the show live. You've just got to kind of trust that what you're doing is, is going to connect with the audience. Of course. And hopefully it does. But you do get that extra dimension when you're doing it at home or you're doing it locally with uh, the zoom that you can spend a little bit more on the voice which i think is you know appreciated by the audience yeah yeah i love it so friday tell friday. us about friday we're getting there Fois. right uh well 9 a.m early start up bright and early because we've got two cats pretty much missed that for all the days they come in at 6 30 in the morning and just run over our faces nice. and go get up me <laughs> Uh, with two cats, Tofu and Spooky, they do that. Um, this was a promo for Discovery. So I'm doing um, sort of uh, men and motors, fast and loud and crazy petrol, you know, before it's all silent and electric, they're, they're getting numpties like me in to go, tonight, yeah. <laughs> diesel, <laughs> the last days of diesel. Um, you know, so that's... Uh, that was that, and then I was working on a, on a from from what a polemic this is. You kind of go from you know a fun VO to Radio Four drama um, about the the Nuremberg trials. Oh, right. So my my day really did wow. take a a, a vault <laughs> fast in in tone, and um, it was it was horrible. But 
Jonathan Meyerson, who's written this extraordinary dramatization of the, the actual trial, he came up uh, with this sort of 16-ep breakdown of what actually happened. Uh, and it's got, you know, there's a stack of actors in there all playing different parts that actually were the persons involved in the trial. And mm. then they got me to come in and sort of do the, you know, the, the somber um, tone of what the show would be about, yeah. credits and various things like that. It's a, it's a funny thing because you get, you learn subjects. I, I used to say I quite enjoyed narrating documentaries because you're learning a subject that you're getting paid for. But um, I used to love doing them, you know, those discoveries and Nat Geo documentaries. I, there was one that we did called Flying Wild Alaska. And it was the, the, the only airline, Air Alaska. And uh, they had this family that were basically flying around um, Alaska, dropping off shopping for oh. people. And, and, uh, yeah. But the family were, were hugely entertaining. And, uh, and what we found was that, you know, neighbors that lived maybe 50 miles apart, that they would be on their drop as they flew past and took off, landing landing on tundra. Wow. Uh, hated each other, these neighbors. <laughs> and, you know, when the neighbor would come out, he's not seen a person for months. And, he, and his nearest neighbor's 50 miles away. He goes, is he still driving that goddamn Chevrolet? <laughs> um, things like that. But um, the, the the tone of our narration, it was, it was completely different to what we did yeah. um, on Friday because we, um, it, it was pretty tough because you, you know, you're, you're hearing firsthand testimony. So the tone um, was, that was a process of just getting it right for um, the director because it, it, it's, it's a, it's tricky that very yeah. tricky because you can't you're not selling anything if you know you're not you're just uh, giving information it's, it's, almost it's a, it is and it's it's imparting it um, with well I don't know even what the it, it's, it's just a it was it was quite an exhausting experience yeah. emotionally yeah uh, trying to get that twinkle out of your eye as you're doing it I imagine you can't you know there's no there's no way you're not going no. to do that because it, it's the subject but that again that's the job you know you've got to try and uh, yeah you know you've got to, you've got to meet the challenge yeah and um uh, I, i'm really looking forward to hearing hearing it going out because i, I watched the i've watched documentary around the i do a lot of work uh, for the services for hosting events and things like that and i'm always um, tuning into shows like that to sort of um, you know, to learn something, you know. Yeah, so to get the chance to do a, a show like this was, was um, I love it. Was fascinating. I bet. I bet. Mm-hmm. I bet. And and scary and horrible and you know. Yeah. What about the weekend? Was that more fun? Uh, yes, it was because we. Um, well, it was a bit of running around in the morning, and then we went through to my brother's. Um, because he uh, turned 60 ah. um, on the 15th, but we went over. It wasn't a, a big thing. There was only a few people there, but um, we went through to Linlithgow and um, and sort of wished him a happy birthday. Nice. And then we were into Sunday, but it was a, yeah, the, and the weather held up, which was nice. It, it was uh, it was warm, and uh, but not uh, too sunny, but just nice. Mm. That's good. And he served us at the biggest steak I've ever seen in my life. Oh. I don't know where he got them. That's Emmy's weakness. Apart from steak. slapping hams, oh, it is lovely steak. 
steak, yeah, honey. The, not together, but point. yeah. <laughs> steak, honey, and ham. Yeah. But ham, I just slap. Ham <laughs> <Hammer> time. <laughs> but yeah, um, Emmy is a steak connoisseur. It's got to be said. Mm. Um, I do love my steak. Yeah. Alex doesn't like steak. I don't. don't which is. I don't like steak. Yeah. Might be grounds for divorce one day. Maybe. Maybe. But I'm glad. I'm glad you had a nice weekend. And you just hit him. With, hit him with one like Grace Jones did, didn't she? Oh yes. Oh no, it was it was it wasn't Grace Jones. It was um, what's her name that was married to Sylvester Stallone? Oh, Bridget Nielsen. Bridget Nielsen. Yeah. Did she know thwack Dolph Lundgren with a steak? Possibly. Yeah. Possibly. Yeah. I think that's. I think it was her. That sounds about right. Sounds Take like the sort of thing she'd do. <laughs> like a tomahawk steak where you have the, the huge bone still in it. <laughs> Imagine that'd be, yeah. that'd be lethal. I, I can't believe you t- said that about Grace Jones. Um, she would never do that. <laughs> she never slapped Grace someone Jones. with a steak. She just slapped- best pop song of the 80s, Slave to the Rhythm. Oh, tell me about it. It's a great tune, it's a fantastic yeah. tune. I know the guy that wrote it as well, oh. Bruce Woolley. He's a genius, he is. He's, um, he's a thereminist and he wrote Slave to the Rhythm next to it on the theremin. No, I didn't. I don't think. I actually don't know. But I did see the stems of the song. You know, they think another word that they use for yes, you know, yeah, explode a song. Um, the stems, and again, it was just like there's about ninety late, you know, tracks going on in this I, wonderful song. I can believe it. Yeah, I can believe it. That is a great, a great, great tune. That about rounds it up, um, Lewis. If you had to rate your week on a scale of up to whatever, if you had to rate, good lord, if you had to rate. If you had to rate keep your it in, week... Just keep it in, it's more real. If you had to rate your week, if you had to rate your week on a scale of up to whatever, what would you rate last week in total? Um, uh, ooh, I would say uh, whatever to percent. Okay. I think, I think whatever to percent. It was a good week. It was, you know, it was every day's different. Yes. But uh, it, it's, um, yeah, it was, it was a varied fascinating it was emotionally quite a journey as well certainly towards the end of the week with as i've just said you know the uh, the demands of of um trying to i don't know impart information that's 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 sad and horrible yeah but then it kind the, of kind the, of the week seemed to like it was fun jovial and then oh yeah i mean the, yeah the, it, there was huge gales yeah. of laughter and i get huge satisfaction out of you know the, the dead ringers it, it's it's funny actually that dead ringers listening to dead ringers go out on friday was what we did you know so we're we're there and uh, you know then there's the footy as well which has been exciting and it's been exciting watching scotland do quite well and you know and um and who knows what the result is even right now because scotland are actually playing right mm. now so um That's- I'm sky plusing that and trying I'm to say that's a good phone. point. I, the, I didn't realize that. <laughs> <laughs> but the, no, it's it's the thing is, it, it yeah, Dead Ringers when the series is on and um, is is such a highlight of my week because um, it it just makes people happy and it's been a, a really wonderful experience. I've I've been with the team on and off from nineteen oh two thousand I think, but then I became a permanent member of the team in 2013 i think mm. it was but it's it's just been such a it's such a great thing you know to to listen to i i i, I really love it 
And I think if you didn't even know that much politically, you would still enjoy. Oh the, yeah, it's it's a it's a fun program, isn't it? It's it's a burst of comedy that it, it, is. it is a fun show, and uh, yeah, long may it continue. I would say so. Here, yeah. here. Uh, is there anything you would like to plug? I know you mentioned Dead Ringers a lot, but is there anything else? Well, not really. No, I'm just grateful for any job I get. <laughs> so anything I'm working on, Dead Ringers, yes. Um, I can't think of anything actually. That's yeah. cool. Um, if, um, so that about rounds it off. Uh, thank you so much, Lewis, for coming on and doing this. Uh, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. Um, thank you for having uh, me. On. I hope it was. Uh, I hope it works. <laughs> so do I. And uh, Emmy, anything to add? Um, I just would like to encourage people to go out there and slap some hams. Slap some hams. Tomahawk steaks are always good if you encounter any imperial entanglements at the ham stand mm-hmm. uh, and the ham stands are, the ham stand. are good for you, you know, uh, and <laughs> throw some more tomahawk steaks across morrison's i think it's it's always good to do a bit of that and then just run out the door and, yep. and then be on to the next one absolutely my thanks to emmy weber my thanks to lewis mcleod uh yeah emmy thank you so much for stepping in last minute i've been alex sivright and that was the week that was was it Normally, Kate says, was it there? But she hasn't. Oh, She's sorry, not you didn't tell me that. No, it's fine. Don't worry. Normally, Kate does it. It's fine. We'll talk about this later. Goodbye. Goodbye. The new ham drum kit is now available with flavors such as honey roast ham, mustard, and plain. Slap those piggy skins and get the whole store talking. The Ham Drum Kit, available in all good superstores now.